the 5 o'clock frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Five o'clock hour. You heard it. Nova Frenzy, 577-2600 is the number. Call John at Nova Home Loans. He'll help you work on the uh, interest rate, get you into a different home. And as we've talked about, and John was in here last week, uh, you know, all this waiting for the rates to go down, it might be a while before they go down. And secondly, when they go down, guess who's going to pop up again? All the investors and then all the cash offers and inventory could be lousy. So get in now. And then you can refi down the road. I'm not saying I did the same exact thing because I didn't buy uh, years ago when the rate was this high. But uh, I did buy at a higher rate and was able to refi and got into a house that I liked and didn't have to worry about inventory issues at the time. Call John. Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. We're going to do a little fight talk coming up. Get you ready for UFC 292. Also, some updates on Canelo. He's got a big fight coming up, and they're doing the press tour Right now, or they did it yesterday in L.A., and the fight is here in Las Vegas. And then Canelo also had some things to say about Jake Paul, which I think were kind of spot on. And then Jake Paul had some things to say about Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor had some things to say about Conor McGregor, which I thought were absurd. Uh, so a lot to get to with a Big Mac from Sirius. Hold on. Have you not been following the biggest fight news that, that's out here on the Internet? Is it wrestling? No, Dylan Dennis and well, a little bit Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul. Okay, you know what? Save yeah, it. Yeah. Save it. That's a good tease because <laughs> no, no, I don't know about it, and I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to hear about it. So that's coming up in about thirty. That's coming up in about thirty. What's more intense, a rivalry and some trash talk between Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul, or the Liberty and the Aces? Um, this may reach a different level. Some serious allegations are being thrown around here, and. I'm not saying the Aces like to talk, but the Aces like to talk. And if the Liberty run a foul at all with this latest story, they're going to hear something from the Aces players. So the story is, has this been, has this been nixed already? Is this still a story? I do we have a sto- story. Do we have a stolen sneaker situation? That's exactly what we have. Liberty All-Star you know, face of the league, Sabrina Ionescu, she tweets face out. Face of the league? I'm, I'm Already? Just I'm just saying. Now I'm getting mad. I'm not even an Aces person. Now I'm getting mad. She's got her own shoe. She's on the cover of 2K. Well, she's got her own, like, personal shoe. Does she actually have her own shoe? I don't know about this part. Yeah. Did we overextend here? No, 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 no. But she's got her own. She's got personal shoes that are designed for her feet to, well, take, yeah, yeah, to kind of yeah, coddle yeah. an injury that she had. Yes. And the sneakers were here in Las Vegas at the MUA at Mick Ultra Arena, and they disappeared. Yeah, so she's got her own line of shoes and shoes specifically for her feet. And she's claiming that, you know, they were taken. And she says, hey, just bring me back my insoles. They were stolen after the last game. And uh, that's a pretty serious accusation to be thrown around. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. I don't know what happened to the shoes. Uh, the you Liberty, know? the Liberty, you're saying they're working with Mick Ultra Arena Security. Where's the last place you had them? There's a lot of worst case scenarios here. Retrace your steps. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the approach from security? They're like, no, you cannot look at our video. No. 
And as Damon said, retrace your steps and come back to us. Uh, when the playoffs come up, maybe we'll let you look at the video. Will security jump in full force on this rivalry? No, we're not helping you get your sneakers back. You probably lost them. It's your fault. As Willie said yesterday with Chelsea Gray, oh, man, this could be Celtics-Lakers type of a rivalry for the W. I'm sure this is the same thing the Celtics would have pulled against the Lakers in the 80s. Are you alleging that there's like a David Stern behind the scenes in the, the WNBA who stole the sneakers? He's, he or she is like, well, we really need to – let's stoke the fire here. Let's uh, steal some sneakers. I'm just saying if you really wanted to, you know, stir the pot a little bit, this could be something, allegedly, or like I said – Maybe you just misplaced them. Uh, tweet here. Uh, Inescu's shoes were specifically modified to her feet due to a previous injury history. Source tells me this is at Christina. It's pretty good. Why? By the way, why don't you just go with at Demond? I guess I could fight for that. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's available. Let me check. Let's you should that, check. Let's see if that at's right here. You know, I I um I encountered something that I hadn't expected before. How many times when you say your name are people like, oh, what's going on, Derman? No, not often. Um, they get they get Derman right off the bat? No, maybe it's uh, Damon. Damon, I, okay. I feel Damon. like a lot of times now I just introduce myself so I don't have that problem. But, Steve, Demond the boss, I wanted to, like, when I initially did Twitter. One. It is a good one. It was sophomore year in high school, and my friend who was making it for me, I was like, oh, why can't it just be my name? It was like, no, this is Twitter. Your name's got to be cool. The boss. Yeah. So I really didn't come up with it. It's been is the, there is there a cowboy cotton? At it, cowboy cotton. These are all going to be stolen. I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah, on the air. this exactly. should be off the air during a break. But Ad Demon is taken. They joined in May of two thousand seven. So oh, I, really? I was not trying to get on Twitter when I was eleven years old. Yeah. So this guy's had it. We can you uh is your name like there's one you get the handle on Twitter and then you can just put the name yeah you can put whatever you so want. so what do you have for the name is it Demond the boss is it Demond the boss and at Demond the boss no it's Cowboy Cotton it is Cowboy Cotton so and you got the, it okay yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw someone uh using our last name like six months ago and I was like you know what I'm gonna be the Cofield screw it not the but I just put up Cofield that's what everyone calls me anyway so let's do it all right and by the way I don't get Cornfield anymore or Something that rhymes with Blockfield. Um, I don't get that anymore. It's just Cofield. So, so Dur- I get your point on Demon. Once once you're established, there is no Dermon. Someone asked me, "Is it is it a D apostrophe?" I'm, I'm like, no, it's not. It's just Demon. Just like it reads. A lot of teachers used to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I get a lot of. Uh, eh, we don't need to do this. It's stupid. Um, Find yeah, those so, shoes. So anyway, my point was, there's an at Christina, which works because her name is C H. Are Istina. That's a that's an interesting spelling of it. So she said, a source tells me that the Liberty staff will review footage with Michelob Ultra Arena Security to try to find the culprit. I mean, if they cooperate. Um, Sabrina said, never thought I would get my shoes stolen from an opposing arena. Please just bring my insoles back. R.I.P. to my Sabrina ones. All right, she seems nice. That was nice. Wasn't accusatory. If it had been in any way threatening, uh, who was the last person? Oh, you know who it was? Uh, what was that lady's name from uh, mm. from Miami? Was it Samantha something? I can't oh, remember. Oh, we from had her CBS? on the show? Yeah, where she first tweeted out when, because some, you know, some jabroni, when she's doing a stand-up shot, 
which, by the way, you do those at your own risk. She's doing a stand-up shot, and some guy starts to, like, stumble into her shot, and she gives him a couple of forearms, and then she was fired up afterwards, and she's like, you know, basically, I almost said a bad word, uh, crapping on Las Vegas fans, and we were all like, whoa, 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 whoa. That one drunk idiot who stumbled into your shot, eh, that doesn't rep all of us, so back down. So I'm glad to see Sabrina not say, hey, you know, these Las Vegans, dirtbags, stole my sneakers, give them back. You know what? This maybe she should. She's looking at this the wrong way. This could add to her legacy, her legend already, where she goes out there, takes on the WNBA leading league leading aces and shoes. You know, against the odds. You know, feet. You know, maybe she can have like the feet game. You know, because she had to do it with shoes that weren't hers. Do you think a fan got access somewhere to the sneakers? Is that who we blame? WNBA fans are pretty crazy. They're pretty rabid. I would need a closer setup. I've only been inside the Mua, as you call it, you know, only a couple of times. So I, I, I would need to see the actual setup to see. If I was a fan, could I get this uh, far? I'll do some. That, this is the I investigative mean, reporting that I need to I do. shouldn't say this on the air because I don't want people, like, don't you know, walking all around, all around the building. I actually think access is pretty easy there. I'll tell you what, man. The first season. The first this will be a lesson. Tighten things up. The because first Raider preseason game, I was going down because, you know, I was working for the team. And there were just some fans next to me, and the kid was like, Dad, are we supposed to be going down in? I wanted to look at him and be like, no, you shouldn't. And there was a Gruden in car just talking before the preseason game. Really? And there was a fan that probably could, he could have <laughs> went up and said, hey, coach, big fan. I, again, I'm not. I'm not. They tightened it up since. I'm not pushing people to, you know, work the limits. But I found at a lot of arenas and stadiums around the country, if you walk around like you, like you know what you're doing or that's, you belong – you can get a long way. Yeah, we, all we got to do is bring Brad back up, and he can tell us all about it. Now, I don't want to go down this path, but I'm going to. I mean, there's also the case on the show, though, that I, I, I've walked around a lot of stadiums and arenas and not really been hassled with. Um, there's been other people on the show, though, who've tried to get up on a stage as a legit media member at an event, and boy, oh, boy, they got – they got raked over the coals, so I don't know. Is it is it the way you carry yourself, Damon? Is it? I don't, is it some, something? It took me a second is to it, realize you're talking about some, me. Is there some Is there some difference? Or I got kicked off a of stage. You know, twice, man, twice. I think it I just stings. Needed. It stings for the whole Cofield and Company crew. We wanted you there. I wanted to be there, except Adam didn't because he got a kick out of making sure you got kicked out twice, yes, and then mocked did. on you hard. I belong. You know what? Maybe I just need to wear like just a a catch-all lanyard and just see if I can get away with it no matter what right. event I'm going to. Just wear a lanyard. And they're just like, oh, you know, maybe like wear a jacket or something. Yeah. Just flash something. Ah. It's a good trick to have it turned around. Yeah, there you go. Just keep walking. Oh, this? Kind of cover up the top that says some other event. I'm going to expose myself a little bit here. When I was doing the color commentary for the XFL games, I brought I, I could not find the scenes of long credential that they gave me. So I brought my Super Bowl you lost, credential. You lost, you lost it? Yes. How far into the season did you lose it? Game two. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to the XFL, the Viper game, and I bring my Super Bowl credential because, you know, I, I kept that one. You know, as, you know that's a one for the record books. Went to, went to the Super Bowl to cover it. Well, you know, Super Bowl Radio Row. And I'm like, hey, guys, so, you know, if I was at the Super Bowl, do you really think I'm going to try to, you know, sneak into an XFL game, you know? Right. And it was like, okay. Oh, you, okay, good. That's yeah. smart. That's smart. Yeah. Here's another one. Here's a more important one. That's what you were doing. 
Yes. I was at the Super Bowl. Let me in, okay? You're lucky I'm here. I'm Cowboy Cotton. <laughs> Which, by the way, also brings us back to the, the great story. I'm ripping on you for not getting on the stage at the uh, VGK Parade. You didn't bring your ID to Phoenix for the Super Bowl. And you got in. Not to the game, but to all the media stuff. They had uh, facial recognition. Oh, they did. I know that they say bring it, oh, but it's I like, forgot about if that. If I step up to the line and you can say, and it's like, oh, you're Demon, because we just that's that's exactly what happened. I, I stepped up to the line and it read my eyeballs. Uh, we don't need ID. This this is going to be a thing of the past, like what Justin was talking about, the facial recognition. We Justin Watkins was talking about facial recognition and a documentary yesterday called Coded Bias. Um, I actually had it on the rundown today before Xavier, but we ran out of time. I watched it last night. Here's the interesting thing about you working facial recognition in your favor in coded bias it's it's named correctly what they found with facial recognition is that law enforcement and then businesses are using this all over the place without you knowing and there was a flaw back in 2020 that some companies started to work on it come on the big flaw on the facial recognition and matching is that it was like 35 percent inaccurate on black women and like 20% inaccurate on black men, which is not good. If you're being singled out for committing a crime or being a criminal and the, the ID is not positive, like really positive. So, so you flipped it around. You actually worked it in your favor yeah, at the Super Bowl. It's a, so they there, was some other guy, there was some other guy who came up the next day and was like, yeah, let's go. I got my pass. And they're like, nope, sorry. This guy is you. You're not you. He got your pass. Get out. As long as I get in. That's, you don't care? You know how bad he would have been to me if it was like, you can't come to Radio Row because you don't have your ID? Um, you know? My guess is you wouldn't be on the show right now. <laughs> that could have been, that could have been, that's the, that, <laughs> that could have been the, uh, I don't know how to put this, but you know what I'm saying. You want to um, you, you wanna hear something even wilder? That, that was, when I heard that, that you forgot to bring your ID to the Super Bowl where it's like Fort Knox, I was like, wow, that's uh yeah, that's not a Didn't good get one. carded for a drink the entire week we were down in Phoenix. That's amazing. And I lost that ID and I had to get a new one. Yeah. Upon getting the new one, yeah. lost it in two weeks, found it. I w- I've been months without an ID. Cops don't listen. I've been driving around months without an ID. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we're going to save you from yourself here. Um, Raiders can't. Um, I know this is all a great story and I like full disclosure on the air. Um, Allegedly. I, I, I wish you luck. <laughs> I was, uh, that's right. That story was all alleged. You were the source. Uh, I don't know who. That's know, how that word works. Right. I didn't tell that story. That was someone else. So a bunch of stuff's going on around the Raiders right now as they're doing their joint practices in L.A. And, you know, one of the guys who's popped up on the scene here locally and then uh, in L.A. I think this workout was in L.A. If I'm uh, wrong on that, I. I apologize, but Tyree Wilson's on the scene now. So first-round pick, top-five pick, check that, top-ten pick. Um, there were some people who thought his injuries, foot injury, was serious enough that he might miss a lot of the season. I have no idea. I don't know if coming off the pup list means that he'll be ready to go in like three weeks or uh, they're just going to kind of baby him here. I don't know. The drills we were watching, he looked pretty impressive. The possibilities with this guy are, are freaking limitless. This is not – I mean the length at six seven and like two hundred and seventy pounds. Imagine if he can put he probably can put on he's got a frame, he could probably weigh two ninety, right? So the kind of player he could be, and you know, some of the greatest players in the history 
Oh, the Raiders on the defensive line were like some of these big, long guys. Like, Howie Long's a lot bigger than I think people realize at 6'4", 6'5". Um, you know, Richard Seymour was another guy. Every time we talked to a, a former Raider defensive player who played with Seymour, and we're like, hey, who's the guy you, like, you, did, you would never want to fight? And they're like, Richard Seymour, just an ox. Gigantic dude. You know, not 6'2", like 6'6", 300 pounds, carried it naturally. I'm not saying Tyree Wilson's going to be those guys, but – you know, you can't teach size. The natural size is crazy. But uh, McDaniels talked about seeing Tyree Wilson out there for the first time. You know, it's different when you carry in pass, you know, in heat and a little humidity. Um, it's just different than, you know, being in shorts and a T-shirt and, you know, doing some workouts, you know, on your own. So uh, being able to, to lean on uh, some bigger bodies and to pass rush and some of those things, um, you know, it's just uh, you got to get used to it. All of us have to go through that acclimation phase. His is obviously going to be a little bit more tempoed here as we go, uh, just so we can make sure that we keep taking steps in the right direction. But, um, you know, he came out and did what we wanted him to do yesterday, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and do the same thing today. There you go. Tyree Wilson era has begun. I don't know when he's going to play, but important guy to get production out of at some point. When you spend a pick that high, he's got to be productive. Spent a lot of money on Jimmy G. So he's back. They've given him a couple of maintenance days. He's... Supposed to have the advantage of familiarity with the uh, Josh system. Uh, Jimmy G was available today and uh, talked about playing in the preseason. You know, different philosophy for every team out there. Some quarterbacks won't get a sniff in the preseason. Here's Jimmy G on getting a little time in the preseason. I mean, it's always good to play. I mean, get get knock some of the rust off and everything like that. We went through the warm-ups last week, so I think in the next couple of days we'll find out, you know, what we're doing come Saturday. Josh will give us the answer for that, but uh, – yeah, we're always ready to roll, so we'll see what happens. Boy, it's funny the way the preseason has gone. Not funny for Devontae Adams, but all of a sudden, some guys who were like, well, why do they have Trey Tucker? He's never going to play. Well, if one of your big receivers goes down, someone else goes down, all of a sudden, some of these rookies are going to need to be out there. So Tucker, a smaller guy, kind of in, in the mold, kind of in the mold of Renfro, obviously uh, with the uh, advantage of having little – few extra years since he's getting uh, just getting into the NFL. Uh, Jimmy G was giving a little advice for the uh, rookie out of Cincy. Well, I like Trey. I mean, he's explosive. He's strong. I saw in the game last week that he's got that dog in him. He's he's willing to fight for that ball, you know, and uh, for a rookie to come in and have that, that's pretty rare. So, but he's, uh, you know, nowhere near perfect. He's got he's got room to grow, and uh, it's just about when you're a rookie, you just got to keep going, man. You, you can't ever think that you have it figured out at any point in your career, but especially as a rookie, you can't relax. You just got to keep going. It's, it's a long year, but, you know, he's built the right way, and mentally I think he's ready for it. I wish that there were more opportunities for follow-ups because what plays exactly did you see he had that dog in him? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would want to know. I, I don't mind that blanket statement. I'm sure he wouldn't say, you know, about someone else. Like, eh, not saying it. I mean, it kind of is important. When a guy's 580 or 580, 5'8", 185, 175, you got to – you, know, you got to see some next level dog in them, um, but that's that's also the job of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels to freaking pick that out. And you know there were a lot of people who didn't like Trey Tucker in the draft, so they like something about him. Uh, every organization's a little bit different. Um, here's Jimmy G talking about joint practices and going against two different teams, and you know what that does for the team. I really enjoy these these joint practices. Honestly, it's it's a nice change up from uh, banging heads against the same guys every day. It gives you a new look on defense, new coverages, new fronts up front, and you really just got to put the puzzle together. I mean, that's that's the fun part of being a quarterback in this system. You got to put the pieces together, uh, get the guys all on the same page, and. 
go from there. So I thought we'd been doing a good job of that. We we got room to grow though as an offense. Just keep keep growing. A uh, quick timeout. We're gonna hear from Jimmy G uh, a little bit more, talking about some of these practices. Also get an update on sports television. Shannon Sharp might have a, a big announcement about his return to TV, and then we'll get into that. What was it? Lo- you you threw Logan Paul in. I was ready to talk Jake Paul, but also UFC. 292, a little wrestling, a little boxing. It's all in the way with Ryan McKinnell in about 15. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. So, Damon, I saw the note this morning about Shannon Sharp saying he's going to be back on TV before the beginning of the football season. Did something come across today? Oh, yeah. This is from Andrew... I, can't, I can never pronounce Marshand. This. Marshand, yes. Uh, he tweeted out that he is going to be joining Stephen A. on first take Mondays and Tuesdays. All right. Starting with the NFL season. I like that. I think Shannon's awesome. Me too. And I know, and I like Fox Sports a lot. In fact, I like a lot of the stuff Fox Sports does on radio more than uh, ESPN. Um, you know, we all have different tastes. I've never really gotten the whole skip thing. Um, I don't really pay attention to him. The only reason that... Uh, we pull sound from what was Skip and Shannon was Shannon. I thought he was the entertaining part of the show. And then they gave Skip about two months off, and I think they were kind of wrestling over what kind of show it was going to be. And then the lineup they talked about is just kind of lame. It just I'm not trying to insult people, but it just feels like Skip wants people who are going to push back a little bit, you know? Yeah, little like, Wayne on Fridays, that's all I needed to hear. Isn't he pals with him? Yeah. And then I think Dick Sherman's going to give him a real challenge, Richard Sherman. Uh, but Rachel Nichols, I'm not, I, maybe Rachel's going to be great in the debate format. I don't know. Um, but what they've set up, and you know, and li- li- listen, uh, Stephen A. had the same issues with Max. So I don't know what went on behind the scenes there, but he did not like Max, and Max pushed back a lot on him at some point. Because he would say it over and over again, basically like, hey, brother, this is Stephen A., right? Like, you, you keep acting like this. You're not long for this show. Have, like, have like, I will get you out of here. He didn't say it exactly that way. But we played a bunch of clips where we're like, ooh, that was a bad day for Max Kellerman. He's going bye-bye. Um, but what they've put together with Stephen A., with Shannon, you know, as, as much as, you know, Mad Dog Russo kind of reps the old heads, you know, he's a legend of radio and he's got a good character. He's crazy. And Stephen A. seems to respect him. Um, him and then... I don't know what will happen with J.J. Redick. I think he's now on the, the number two team with the NBA on ESPN. So I hope they, they keep using him on first take. I hope Stephen A. doesn't push him out because, I mean, he did insult Stephen A. pretty badly when he's basically like, you're a scrub. You never played basketball like I did. I mean, he was right, right? I mean, sometimes you, you, you know, if you have former athletes on and you want them to push back, they are going to use that card like you're a nobody. Like, I played basketball. You didn't. I don't know if that you know, means the end for J.J. Redick, but those are – I know we have a large part of the audience, and I know a lot of people in the media are like, I don't like either one of those guys. It's lowbrow and whatever. It works. Yep. It works. They pay him big money for a reason. So I, I think Richard Sherman's going to produce some really good clips. Lil Wayne, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know about the rest, but, uh, but I think Shannon, Shannon and Stephen A., I mean, and some of them might be kind of laughing as they're kind of like going up the ladder of loudness. Yeah. But I think it's going to be entertaining. No, I can't wait for basketball season. I need them to just stay on throughout football. You know, maybe hope this is year round because when Shannon gets to, you know, get on his LeBron 
you know, train LeBron's first 30-point game and him, him and Stephen A sitting across from each other. Can't wait. Do you think most of what Shannon is doing is real? No, not at all. No? No, it's all a character. It's uh, okay, I do. I, I, I actually – I think he showed it. I think he showed it on the sidelines. Like, he freaking – he gets worked up. He loves sports. He loves his guys. It's what they tell you in professional wrestling school. Be yourself turned up to 11. Okay. That's what he's doing on TV. I, yes, that is him, but he's acting a little bit. You know, he's playing it up. He knows that he's on TV, so he's being Shannon Sharp, but to an 11. Damn it. And you're walking me off the ledge. I'm still excited for it. I can't wait to see Shannon along with Stephen A. All right. Moving into the latter part of the 5 o'clock hour. DeMond doing a great job today as the company and running the show. Come on, man. Come on. That's a lot. There's a lot going on. Cofield, I was told earlier via text, uh, too many energy drinks. Calm down. Um, so we bring in Ryan McKinnell, who will just bring everything real down. No, he won't. Uh, Ryan is here with us. What's up, buddy? Nothing. Fun fact, uh, never had an energy drink in my life. Is that right? Yep. Uh, co- uh, slight lie, slight lie, slight lie. Did uh, Red Bull and vodka back when I was like 15 yeah. in yeah. Austria with oh, uh, right? some bartenders. We were trying to party that night. But that was like when I was 15 and it was 1998. So okay. basically another lifetime ago, Steve. I'm old and I'm almost 40. Two weeks, Steve. I'm going to be 40. Does that make you feel old? Uh, no, it, it makes me think that you're old. Like, <laughs> how, when the hell did you turn 40 and when are you going to grow up? Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, I, you know I kid because I care. Um, first of all, I, let's smooth things over here. So we've had this uh, chatter about uh, Greg Salerno, who does one of the award-winning shows on ESPN Las Vegas, the arena, on – uh, Wednesdays and it's a debate show yeah. and um, I, I got into him a couple weeks ago because he was talking trash about basketball and I said everyone on Cofield and Company can beat you at basketball uh, every contributor as well and then I saw your picture again of you as a young tyke with Chris Webber <laughs> and I'm like maybe Big Mac could be the weak link you, you you got what I was saying right like I believe you can play basketball but that is a picture that will go down in infamy like <laughs> FDR was like wow this that picture where I I always, I always concentrate on your picture with Weber on the Umbro shorts, and I'm like, you're not a yeah. basketball player. But it really threw me off seeing it again this week with the legs. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how old you are. I don't know why your yeah. legs look like they're like, like little pegs. Um, it's just like I didn't hurt your feelings, right? No, I mean, first of all, I mean, I feel like I mostly grew up into a functional adult, not you so did. much mental, but physically, right? I'm evenly proportioned. I mean, I got a big head, but, you know, it's a big brain, Steve. Yeah. Gotta get these words out somehow. Uh, no, it's an anomaly. I look like a freak, right? Okay. I look like I should be at the circus and you should charge admission to come through <laughs> and see me. I, it, it doesn't, even in like, even in the sense of like, if that was, if I was actually born that way, it doesn't make sense because my arms are almost touching the ground and yeah. they extend past my knees. But it's the angle. I know that sounds crazy. I, know. Right? I sound like a soccer mom on Instagram, and I'm like trying to find. It is truly the angle because Steve, I have that actual photo in my possession, and I've looked at it okay. hundreds of times trying to capture that exact angle, and that was just. That was just a place in time. That was a magic. And not to be a downer, you're going to love this. But when my grandma, now that she's passed 20 years ago, so don't like, don't get teary and like nobody listening. No. But when she was, you know, going on her her last few months and and we knew it and we were taking care of her at home. 
bro, she slept with that picture. Like when I would leave oh, the house, that's nice. she had that picture curled up next to her. But but no, it's not like all like, oh, it was so cute. She thought I looked as ridiculous as you do. You know okay, what I good. mean? She was probably <laughs> laughing at it while she was dying. Yeah. It's that hilarious of a photo. Ryan was nine, and oddly enough, his pants were 34 fourteens. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So true. But he did grow so into, you, like you said, you're like you're like a normal adult <laughs> who wears real pants now, which is awesome. Um, can I tell you who's, I guess, he, I guess he is normal, but very flawed. So I see Conor McGregor at uh, the boxing match over the weekend, and uh, sure. Anthony Joshua, and he just, he... He's on mic, and you're like, okay, what is he on? He just starts saying stuff, <laughs> and he's starting to talk about matchups, and he's got all these matchups coming up, one before the end of the year, and as I'm watching, I'm like, you're not fighting! You're not fighting in UFC! You're not in the testing system! So unless Dana White comes out, bruh, and says, this is no holds barred, take whatever you want, fight, what was he talking about with this aggressive schedule? What's he ever talking about? He says he's going to fight... Michael Chandler and Chandler, for, for those who didn't know, the Ultimate Fighter wrapped this week, and the finale is actually this Saturday as a part of UFC 292. But guess what? Even with Conor McGregor coaching against Michael Chandler, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody knows that Conor was coaching that show. Nobody knows that Conor was on television or ESPN streaming, whatever you want to call it, right? He's made his return, at least in the coaching ranks, at least in the, in the ether of the UFC, but... Nobody cares, right? And I think there's an exhaustion happening with Conor McGregor. Make make no mistake, still the biggest star, not just in the UFC and combat sports really right now, but but of all time when you talk about the UFC. Steve, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Chandler, heading into this thing six months ago, you talked to Mike Chandler, and we did. Michael Chandler was, oh, I'm fighting Conor McGregor. That's a, that's a done deal. He's not running for me. The fight's made. We're coaching on the ultimate fighter. Listening to him this week, exhausted over it he's saying he's not holding his breath for a conor mcgregor fight now steve if he's not going to fight chandler okay i don't see gaethje happening because gaethje just won via obviously spectacular knockout over dustin poirier and i think nate diaz is a little bit further off in terms of that trilogy i think it happens right i I think there's too much money on the table for it to not but the question is is it like a chocolate lt to ortiz three when they're like 45 years old and nobody cares about it anymore so it's really interesting with mcgregor because he seems to be the only one that isn't aware of the exhaustion that's playing on a lot of fight fans brains and then uh, jake paul was quoted less than two weeks ago on mcgregor clowning on him basically calling him a drug addict yeah said you need to go to rehab you need to get the testing pool you need to shut up and you need to take care of your business. I mean, that that's that, that's that real good trash talk, Steve, where it doesn't feel like trash talk. It's just very matter of fact, and mm-hmm. you just say it. And if you have half a brain, which we all know Conor McGregor does, that, that's got to make you feel a certain way. But you know what? <laughs> $300 million probably makes you feel a certain way, too. So there is, there is clearly a struggle happening with McGregor, right? Like, there, was a, there is a warrior and a killer instinct inside that dude. He wouldn't have done some of the things he did and took on some of the challenges that he did. But money softens people. Not everybody. You know, Floyd Mayweather never lost. Las Vegas local. Arguably the greatest fighter ever of his generation, certainly, right? So there is obviously a blueprint to, to stay rich and stay undefeated, in this case, stay successful, right? But is McGregor going to want to do it? That's the question. And he's doing a lot of talking and not a lot of fighting right now. And, and Steve, that's a problem for the UFC. A lot of controversy, too, which I'm, I know you've covered on the show. 
You said something that I really wanted to segue in there. Is he really going to do it? I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Dylan Dennis, Logan Paul drama, but <laughs> would there be any interest to see that boxing fight, and would Dylan Dennis actually show up? No, I have no interest in talking about Dylan Dennis. He's done nothing, right? Nothing. He's done nothing. By the, by the way, explain the to the mixed, in the sport of mixed martial yeah. arts, other than carry Conor McGregor's bags and get eagle stomped yeah. by Khabib Nurmagomedov at T-Mobile a few years back. Like the dude, he's worse than McGregor. Maybe that's why you know, like <laughs> sometimes like the the hot girl keeps a, a a not so hot girl around to like pump herself up and make herself look a little bit better. That is exactly what Conor McGregor does with Dylan Dennis. I don't know how or why, but he has found a, a worser and dumber version of him. And I, I guess, again, maybe that's why Conor keeps him on the payroll. But no, I don't think, I don't think Dylan Dennis is a fighter. I don't think he's particularly relevant. I don't really know how he got here. Great jiu-jitsu player. Like, give him all the credit in the world. Like, he has dedicated a good portion of his life to the ground game and being a, a jiu-jitsu practitioner. But that's not a fighter. <laughs> it's not. So it's a, it's a subject that we've been, I think, stringing along now, Demond. what, year after year after year, this mm -hmm. whole Dylan Dennis thing, and nothing's coming of it. I mean, T-Mobile and the riot with Khabib and Connor almost was like four or five years ago. I mean, the sport moves quickly, and it didn't take me long, Demond, to move on past Dylan Dennis. All right, but what about Logan Paul? Are you interested to see him back inside a boxing ring, or should he just stick to WWE? Uh, well, I mean, he's got – I mean, Demond, you, you watch the product WWE. I'm talking about like I do. And uh, he's very talented, right? He took to the, to the sport, to the business quickly, uh, very athletic, very uh, apt when it comes to the brain and the mind that it takes to work a match and call a match and execute a match and think about different spots and the way to get a reaction of a crowd. Like, he's, you can see his passion for professional wrestling. I'm not going to tell the kid, young man, young adult, not to get a bag, though. Like, the Paul brothers uh, do a fantastic job of generating interest on social media and on a microphone, on TVs, whatever you want to call it, they have an it factor, right? I don't know exactly where that transcends because, again, I'm not a streaming guy. I'm not a Twitch guy. I'm not a YouTube guy. I obviously, I'll watch old concerts and stuff on YouTube, and I certainly peruse it, but that's not really a part of the way I grew up. I don't view influencers the way that, you know, a 20-year-old does or a 15-year-old does. So uh, I don't know what the appetite is there for it, but I always like that both of those brothers, Jake and Logan, seem to take on really lofty challenges, right? Like fighting Tyron Woodley as early as, as Jake did, and you could even argue, uh, you know, Ben Askren. I mean, I know the end result would not suggest that, but when it happened, it was like, wow, he hadn't been fighting for very long and he was taking on you know a challenge like that and obviously logan box and floyd mayweather they both taken on challenges and, and kept their name in the news cycle and in the case of jake paul i find it ever you know intriguing that the fact that he regularly goes after ufc president dana white like regularly it's he's constantly needling them whereas logan his brother the wwe wrestler has a sponsorship deal with dana white through the prime energy drink so there's a there's a bit of a conflict there and actually in a recent episode of Impulsive, the, the Logan Paul podcast, him and Jake kind of get into it. And Jake questions him. is like, you know, it's always you're my brother, you're my brother until it's time to be my brother. Yeah. And he's like, and you have a great <laughs> way of playing both sides. And I find that interesting because, yeah. you know, it could be Liam and Noel Gallagher, you know, brothers Cain and Abel. It doesn't, it doesn't always work out. So following this story is uh, pretty interesting, at least at this point in time. I'm not completely exhausted of it yet. Ryan McKinnell. Sirius XM, Channel 156, that's the Combat Channel. Uh, what do you got coming up? You got some shows coming up? 
Yep, just did uh, MMA Today with our pal Andreas Hale. We previewed UFC 292, and I will be back next week on next Thursday, probably talking a little bit about 292, but whatever madness happens in the week. And Steve, you know this. This is the sport of John Jones. This is the sport of Conor McGregor, right? This is the sport, sport of Nate Diaz and the, well, now the Paul brothers. It's never, uh, it's never short on madness and chaos and anarchy. So luckily, uh, I've been here a long time. I don't plan on going anywhere. Ryan, I got a minute left. Is the best fight at 292 the main event, O'Malley and Sterling? What's the most competitive fight? What's the fight that you really want to see? Yeah, I mean, so much hinges at, on the main event. Uh, it's cliche, but and, and that's not to say this isn't really a lot of the time these UFC pay per views, they're they're main event heavy, they're top heavy. This is actually a pretty solid card from top to bottom. But Aljamain Sterling, in my opinion, the most disrespected, underappreciated champion of the last ten years, maybe ever. Uh, just I think so highly of that man, which will make it all that much more impressive as Sean O'Malley goes out there and takes him out. O'Malley, star right now, potential superstar in the making. If he gets gold around his waist steve you're going to be talking a lot more about sean o'malley yep. a lot of people are looking for him and cheering for him to win on saturday it's a big tipping point for the ufc i feel like by the way i saw some chatter about israel adesanya i saw this on your twitter account about sean strickland embarrassing the ufc what, what what's going on with strickland that he's a problem now Everything. so well i mean he's <laughs> always given uh questionable answers to questions. He, okay. I mean, a bit of a masochist, a bit of a, a sexist, right? But I think he does it more kind of in like a Chael Sonnen way with a wink and a nod. I'm not a particularly fan of it, but it's not like a Colby Covington. It's not, it doesn't come off as dumb and venomous, like cheap. He kind of does it because he's just a big, dumb idiot. You want to pat him on the head and keep him going. But what Adesani was talking about was that uh, the main event in question, which is now official, right? But there was a lot of waiting. It got announced about four weeks before the main event was set to take place. Adesanya said the UFC was in fear of Strickland embarrassing the company and he should thank him for giving him the fight. And I, Steve, chuckled at the idea of the UFC yeah. being embarrassed at absolutely anything. This is a sport of cage fighting. This is a sport of Dana White and Conor McGregor. There is no embarrassment. We have no shame in fighting. Excellent. As always, Big Mac, we'll talk to you soon, okay? See you, Steve. See you tomorrow. There he is. Ryan McKinnell, SiriusXM. Channel 156, the combat channel, always part of the company. One final qualifier today in the Lotus Summer Fun. 364-1100, caller 7. You qualify for a chance to win four tickets to an Aviators game, and then you're in for the Caribbean Cruise. You're a qualifier to potentially win the big trip this week with the Lotus Summer Fun. It's Caribbean Cruise leaving from Miami. You get airfare to Miami. This is a pricey one, or you can just take $3,000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash. It's brought to you by... Gettle, air conditioning and plumbing. Caller 7 right now with the on. He's going to hook you up. You're in as a qualifier. 364-1100. Cofield and Company presents hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bigger, bigger. Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Love baseball. Love when teams try to bail and then all of a sudden the team takes off. Fun for the fans, right? Seattle wins today 6-4. Rodriguez, Julio Rodriguez, back-to-back days with uh, perfect lines hitting. Today was 5-5. Five five. They win 6-4. They've now, they're 11-4 and four in August. They were bailing. They were bailing. <laughs> they're 11-4 and four in August. They're 10 games over 500. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Seattle's interesting because um, they have a baseball culture there. And it's funny, about a month ago, 
some of the folks in Houston got really mad at the Seattle fans for booing the Houston players, and then all the stuff started about like, you know, Seattle, how dare they get mad at, you know, the Houston players for being involved in the cheating scandal when they had the biggest cheater, you know, the history of baseball and A Rod. Like the Astros had roid guys all over the field. It it was the way of baseball from '87 through about 2006. It's just the way it was. Which brings us to Mark McGuire, who did a podcast recently and was asked the question, hey, were you mistreated? Were you treated poorly as kind of the face of the steroid scandal? Do you feel like you've been beaten up? Do you feel like you're being unfairly punished? Kind of that whole group of the same people are being unfairly punished. Well, it it, it seems like it. That's what it is. I think I heard Barry say it the other day. There was no rules and there was no regulation. Believe me, trust me. If there was any rules in place, that stuff would have never happened. Okay, he's full of bunk. He probably still would have done it. I don't think this was like, hey, there were no rules, so that's why we did it. It was a competition to keep up with the Joneses because what he just said there would mean that no one would have been doing it. Guys have been doing it since there's rules in place since 2007 and eight. Uh, by the way, good job by A.J. Pruszynski repeating the question. that I, he, he actually asked the question, so sorry about that lead-in. Um, listen to this part where, you, like, there's actually a little bit of fire here. Mark McGuire, who's normally a pretty calm guy, in feeling kind of victimized and beat upon as the face of the Royd era. There was no testing. There was no nothing. And I agree with what Barry was saying. It's like there's, like, listen, it's, it, that was the culture. That's what was going on back in those days and whatever. But I can personally tell you, for me, knowing me, listen, I didn't need to do it. I apologize for it. But there was a lot of hard work that went behind all the that uh, people want to give me to, to do what I did. I mean, none of them needed to do it. At the highest levels, you had guys like Bonds and McGuire who could hit 45 home runs in a season. But when they saw other dudes going 55, 60, they were like, yeah, I'm keeping up. So that doesn't excuse you from what you did. But I completely understand that there was a culture back then, which also included the pitchers. To survive, you're going against guys who all of a sudden are throwing five miles per hour harder. Why? Because they were doing it too.